0: Mikhail Gorbachev has passed away. From the tearing down of the Berlin Wall, the formation of the New World Order, and world religion, Gorbachev was an extremely pivotal figure in the fulfillment of several Bible prophecies. And we will analyze these events on this edition of End of the Age. The Jerusalem Post and, of course, newspapers worldwide have just announced that Mikhail Gorbachev, the last leader of the Soviet Union, passed away at 91 years of age. I've looked at all the news, or many of the news sources around the world, and some say that Gorbachev never fully realized what he set in motion with the tearing down of the Berlin Wall but I'm not so sure he didn't have an ace up his sleeve or several of them the whole time and and was setting the stage for the fulfillment of many Bible prophecies written thousands of years ago. The first issue of End Time magazine was published in 1991. We've celebrated uh, 31 years now of End Time Magazine, and the first issue had a picture of Mikhail Gorbachev stabbing a red dragon with the title Has Gorbachev Really Killed Communism? The picture of Mikhail Gorbachev on the issue with a sword through the throat of the red dragon, and the red dragon had just burst through the hole in the Berlin Wall... So it was really depicting, had Gorbachev really killed socialism or communism? Well, it proved to be prophetic. Because we didn't really think that he had. He was a dyed-in-the-wool communist, and as the wall is coming down, Gorbachev is standing there applauding. But yet he's a died in the wool communist. What is going on? Well, Bible prophecies were being fulfilled at that point. And we thought, well, something has gone awry here. Something doesn't seem right. Even though the press was pitching it one way, it just didn't fit the narrative of what had been going on for years and the ideology of this communist individual. Because within nine years of the fall of the Berlin Wall, 13 of the 15 West European elections had elected, of their own free will, a socialist government. The headlines of Newsweek at that point screamed, Socialism is dead, because supposedly capitalism had won the Cold War. So we're going to get off into this today because I want to make sure you understand the important, um, a very significant role that uh, Mikhail Gorbachev played in the fulfillment of many prophecies. So the Cold War was over. It had raged for 40 years. Now it's over and socialism has supposedly been discredited. Everybody's trying to escape from the Iron Curtain. Socialism is dead, right? Well, all of a sudden, we published in the End Time magazine in 1991, has Gorbachev really killed communism? Well, think about it. Nine years after the fall of the Berlin Wall, 13 of those 15 nations in Western Europe voted in socialistic governments. Okay, so what's going on? Well, socialism and communism were not dead. They just changed the way everything was implemented and how, things. you know, communism in Russia today, um, Vladimir Putin has actually said the um, dissolving of the USSR and doing away with communism was one of the worst mistakes that's ever been made. Rupert Murdoch said, if socialism is dead, why won't it lay down? Of course, that said it very succinctly, right? Socialism's not dead in the world today. Communism's not dead in the world today. But there was just a different way of looking at everything because they were wanting socialism to sweep across the world. And so the Bible says that's what's going to happen in the end time. The end time world government will be a socialistic or communistic one world governing body. But they realized with the United States, they couldn't overtake the United States militarily, so everything had to be sold through economics and socialism. Even socialism here today is being pushed in the United States very heavily. Wealth redistribution, many things. After World War II, the Cold War between the United States and the Soviet Union, it immediately began. And consequently, not much progress was made towards global government for the next, what, 35, 40 years. The fall of the Berlin Wall on November 9, 1989, signaled the end of the Cold War. Mikhail Gorbachev, George H.W. Bush, and Pope John Paul II, they met together 20 days later, and they came out of those meetings announcing the birth of the New World Order. Shortly after the meeting with Gorbachev and the Pope and Bush Sr., they, Bush Sr. said, We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the United Nations founders. What was the promise and the vision of the United Nations founders? Well, the charter was written by a, a communist spy, Alger Hiss. So the United Nations was created to be a socialistic or a communistic one world governing body. The new world order is that world government. I've seen articles lately that said, oh, it's the, this the uh, well, Gorbachev actually said, the New World Order is not a world government, but that's absolutely what it is. got to look at the background, all of it, and the history and understand what's going on. And a communist spy wrote the current United Nations Charter that was signed by all the nations in 1945 and put into place. Not one word of that charter has ever changed. And Gorbachev was very influential in all of this in getting everybody on the same playing field and on board with this new world order. And so we're coming up to a break, but we'll get into this very deep. What was Gorbachev's role in the world religion, the world government, and the tearing down of the Berlin Wall? How did that fulfill Bible prophecy?
1: We'll talk about it more when we get back from the break. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time. Understand how you feel by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime. That's 800-363-8463.
2: Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you.
1: What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call one 800 endtime or visit endtime.com slash events for more information.
0: When we talk about Mikhail Gorbachev's role in the world religious system and efforts leading to that and Bible prophecy... You have to understand the one world religion in Bible prophecy. Revelation 13 is devoted specifically to end time events. Verses uh, 1 through 8 describe the one world government. Verses 11 through 14 focus on the one world religion along with the false prophet. And then uh, Revelation 13, 16 through 18 outlines the Antichrist's global economic system referred to among prophecy people as the mark of the beast. So the goal of the Antichrist will be to lord over this global government to force every human to pledge allegiance to him or to actually worship him. Revelation thirteen eight says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. In order for this to be fully realized, the Bible says the Antichrist will have two methods of enforcement. He is going to form an alliance with the largest religious organization in the world, Christianity, and with the leader of the one world religion, the false prophet. The penalty for nonconformity with the one world religion will be eventual in some cases, even death. That's according to Revelation thirteen fifteen. The Bible says, And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak, and cause that as many as would not worship or pledge allegiance to the image of the beast, that they should be killed. Now, this is going to be the great tribulation during that era, that three and a half year period. And then second, the Antichrist will implement, the Antichrist and the false prophet will implement a system of economic control on the human race, more commonly known as the Mark of the Beast. And those who will not participate in their system will not be able to buy or sell or function in society, have access to health care and schooling and travel, many different things, and rend- rendering them unable to function as a normal, have a normal life. To economically sanction an individual, yes, that is surely going to sting. However, to just out and out murder under the guise of Christianity, those who will not comply sounds just incomprehensible. That is, until you consider that there are world leaders who have already proposed this exact course of action. Now, I want to talk to you about a book written by our uh, gentleman we're talking about today, Mikhail Gorbachev. In his book, Perestroika, Mikhail Gorbachev said that there were three root causes for war on the planet, political conflicts, religious conflicts, and economic conflicts. And remember the prophecy of Revelation 13, world government, world religion, economic sanctioning in the end time, Satan's master plan. Well, Gorbachev talked about the same thing, and he offered a solution to these problems, economic, religious, and uh, political. He offered a solution. He said, hey, we need a one-world government. We need a global religious system and a global economy. Well, unbeknownst to him, he proposed exactly what the Bible prophesies is going to happen. On page 231 of Mr. Gorbachev's book, Perestroika, he put together an, a, a, an all-embracing system of international security. There's a list. Item number 4 double I of the list actually states, and I'm quoting from the book. You can buy the book. We must extirpate all genocide, apartheid, and religious exclusiveness. Well, folks, I have to tell you, to extirpate means to kill off. So, what was Mr. Gorbachev proposing? He was saying, hey, we must kill off or abolish all religiously exclusive individuals. It's in his book. Individuals are considered religiously exclusive if they believe their religion is the only religion through which people can be saved. For example... Jesus Christ said, except you believe that I am the Messiah, you'll die in your sins. That's John 8, 24. So, Mr. Gorbachev would have considered Jesus Christ religiously exclusive. Okay? Now, also the scriptures tell us, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. That's Acts 4.12. These types of beliefs would be considered extreme religious exclusiveness by the one world religion crowd. The teachings of Jesus were definitely religiously exclusive. He said, I'm the door to the sheepfold. Nobody climbs up any other way. The same that anybody that tries, the same as a thief and a robber. That's John 10.1. Mikhail Gorbachev says the entire world needs to be re-educated to believe perestroika uh, reform needs to be re-educated to believe all religions are equally valid. That process, folks, is already far advanced. The perceived solution, you can see it in our world today, is religious, to religious conflict is interfaithism. So the, what is the pers- this perceived solution? It's, 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 it is kind of new to some people. Mr. Gorbachev's perceived solution to, for religious exclusiveness and other religious conflicts in the world. Religious inclusiveness. That means if your religion is good for you, I respect it and I don't argue against it. You respect my religion, Everybody respects everyone, we validate everyone, and thus we remove religious conflict. That's the concept being considered today among the intelligentsia of our world, and it is filtering down into the general populace. The term interfaithism it's you know some it's been around for a while, but it's somewhat a new term to some of us. However, many of our most famous political leaders have already embraced interfaithism because they're they're going along with Gorbachev's book Perestroika, which is you know reform, and they are trying to establish uh, you know the end this end time world government, and it, they really don't understand it and this world religious system, and what ha- what's happening now with this interfaithism and ecumenism. Movements, gathering all the religions of the world together. The establishment of the end time world government and world religion is just rolling right along. It's the ongoing establishment of these Bible prophecies, and Mikhail Gorbachev is involved in many of them. Thousands of year old prophecies. And that's why I wanted to talk about it in these segments. The end time world government. Let's talk about that for a moment. We talked about world religion. Let's talk about world government. We hear the term "new world order" very frequently today. Used to not so much when it first came out, but now we—they're talking about new world order all the time. People have new world order on T-shirts. It's everywhere. But what is the new world order? A lot of people think, well, it's just some weird thing. The politicians come up. No. The New World Order is simply world government. I know Mikhail Gorbachev said it that wasn't, but can you believe everything a politician says? I mean, come on, everybody. But it's not just any world government we're talking about here. It is the world government of the Antichrists. That's what's being established. The world government is being formed right now and it is prophesied about in the Bible. The term New World Order is written on the back of the U.S. dollar bill. The ironic thing it is that it's not written in English. You'll find it written in Latin inside the ribbon below the pyramid with the all-seeing eye. It says, Novus Ordo Seclorum. The word novus means new. The word ordo means order, and the word seclorum means secular or world. New world order. You say, well, why in the world is this term, new world order, written on the back of the United States dollar bill? Well, it's been there since 1935, and it was put there by U.S. President Franklin D. Roosevelt. Folks, Franklin D. Roosevelt was a globalist. Roosevelt dreamed of, a, of building a one world government. And he was the driving force behind the establishment of the United Nations, which was established in 1945. Alger Hiss, who wrote the current charter for the United Nations, he worked side by side with FDR, a communist spy. Now, From 1945 forward, every time um, you heard the term New World Order, from now on, make sure you understand, you're going to know what they are referring to as as world government. New World Order, World Government. Now, to show you where this world government is foretold in the Bible prophecy, let's go to Revelation chapter 13, verse 1 through 2. Bible says, I stood upon the sand of the sea. John is actually writing this. And I saw a beast rise up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns. And upon his horns ten crowns. And upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast, not four beasts like back in Daniel, but the federalized beast, which John saw, was like unto a leopard, Germany. Feet is the feet of the bear, Russia. Mouth is the mouth of the lion, Great Britain, The dragon, or Satan, gave it its power, seat, and great authority. So in order order for us to understand the prophecy, we've got to consider the Scripture in terms of what we have discussed in many other lessons uh, taught by end-time ministries and end-of-the-age. And one of them concerns the United States of America and modern nations in, in relationship to Daniel 7. The symbols between these passages, they're very similar, but Revelation 13 reveals something different. The one beast in Revelation 13 has the body of the leopard, the feet of the bear, the mouth of the lion, the ten horns of the ten horn kingdom. But this beast has seven heads and the dragon gives it its seat, power, and great authority. The beast from Daniel 7, they have the same symbolism. The four separate beasts, they represent symbols, modern nations that will be on the earth. The book of Daniel, written 550 B.C., Daniel 7, Daniel saw one beast lying with eagle's wings, the, a bear, a, a third beast, a, um, a second beast, the bear, the third beast, a, a uh, four-headed leopard, and then a fourth beast, which is a ten-horned beast. Then Revelation, written 650 years later in about, uh, I think, 95, 96 A.D., John the Revelator sees the exact same symbols in Daniel 7. And the explanation is really simple. There's only one author that inspired both books. But he just used different writers. Of course, we're talking about the Word of God here. The Word of God spoke to Daniel while he was exiled on the Isle of Patmos. And he spoke to John. I'm sorry. He he spoke to Daniel when Daniel was in Babylonian captivity He spoke to John while he was exiled out on the Isle of Patmos. So the Bible teaches us that when writing the Scriptures, holy men of old wrote as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost to do so. So God is the author of the Bible. So it's not surprising the same symbols would show up in these prophecies that were given to these gentlemen 650 years apart. Revelation 13 just merges the four beasts from Daniel 7 into one big, federalized, world-governing body. We learn in um, other lessons we've taught from Daniel seven twenty three, a beast represents a kingdom or a nation. We've also learned in past, past lessons that the four beasts would be a kingdom or a nation that would exist at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And therefore... This combo beast or this federalized group of nations in Revelation 13 is the beast that represents the one world governmental system. And then Revelation 13, 1 through 8 represents the one world government and the leader of that one world government, the Antichrist. So you can tell where there's kind of like a transition from the world government when it talks about these beasts which symbolize nations and then it starts to talk about the leader of those nations, which, is, which will be the Antichrist, the leader of this world-governing body. Now, one part of this prophecy you must understand is the deadly wound. Because Mikhail Gorbachev was so intricately involved in this 2,000-year-old prophecy that has already been fulfilled and I know we're coming up to a break here but I want to make sure that you understand be on the other side of the break you will understand how Mikhail Gorbachev fulfilled the prophecy of the healing of the deadly wound given by John 2000 years ago on the Isle of Patmos isn't the Word of God amazing it comes all these prophecies are coming to pass in intricate detail And the man that was intricately involved in this just passed away at 91 years of age. Very influential individual in many prophecies.
1: Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty?
0: So, Mikhail Gorbachev, involved in the forming of this new world order, this end-time world government. And we're going to get a little deeper into this today because Revelation 13, 1 and 2 gives a description of the end-time world government. It had the body of the leopard, Germany, the feet of the bear, Russia, the, the mouth of the lion, Great Britain, the ten horns of the ten horn kingdom, which is the European Union. And the dragon, or the Satan, give it its seat, power, and great authority. But remember, the heads of the beast represent different nations. It's a seven-headed, ten-horned beast. Four for the leopard, one for the lion, one for the bear, and then one for the ten-horned beast. Seven-headed, ten-horned. Well, then when it gets to Revelation 13, 3, it says, John said, and I saw one of the heads. What are the heads? The heads are nations. So John said, I saw one of its heads or one of these nations as it were wounded to death. And this deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after a beast. It's a world governing body. Well, so several questions must be answered for a conclusive understanding of the prophecy. What happened to the United Nations, right? What does Revelation 13, 3 mean mean when it says... Um, one of the seven heads was wounded, as it were, almost dead. What does it mean when it says the wound was healed? What does it mean when it says the entire world would wander after the beast? Well, I'm going to identify which of the seven heads or the seven nations was wounded unto death and how it was healed and how it, will be, how it became the new world order. It's a 2,000-year-old Bible prophecy, and Mikhail Gorbachev was very influential in the fulfillment of that prophecy. Now, after the United Nations was formed in 1945, everything did not work out as planned, okay? Because the Soviet Union received much of Europe uh, of the, um, as a result of the Yalta Conference, and because Alger Hiss, who was the communist spy, who had been working with FDR, he was uh, part of the negotiations for the United States there. So Europe, most of Eastern Europe went to the Soviet Union. And so there was a lot of tension, you can only imagine. And for a while, it appeared as if Russia would end up ruling just about all of Europe, and that communism would dominate Europe. So to keep this from happening, the United States of America led, to, led the Western powers into NATO, the, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. NATO was a military alliance to counter the Warsaw Pact and um, the communist bloc of Eastern Europe. And as a result, the United Nations was rendered largely ineffective due to the Cold War. The United States was given veto power at the formation of the United Nations, the members of the Congress were unwilling to approve a world government structure unless the United States was, had absolute veto power over the um, U.N. Security Council resolutions. And when the United States was given veto power, the, um, of course, Great Britain wanted, wanted veto power, France, China, and the USSR demanded veto power as well. All of these victor nations of World War II, they were given a veto power. They formed the big five, the five permanent members of the U.N. Security Council. And they could veto almost anything that the world government structure decided to do. Well, notice in Revelation thirteen three, it says, And I saw one of the heads, remember, nations, the heads are nations, I saw one of the nations as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast." A lot of people say, well, this is the Antichrist. Antichrist." Not once you understand that the heads of the beasts represent nations. The Antichrist is not going to be wounded nine to death. A nation would be. Very important. Many people have thought that the um, Antichrist would be killed and raised from the dead. And for that reason, the whole world would follow after him. But if you look closely at the scripture, it says, I saw one of the heads. The the beast had seven heads. One of of those seven heads was wounded to death. Which one of these seven heads could be said to have been wounded, as it were, to death? or, Or nations? Well, the only way for us to know which head was wounded or what the deadly wound was is for us to know what these heads are. Again, remember the heads of the beast, nations from Daniel 7, were merged into one beast with seven heads in Revelation 13. You say, Dave, why are you spending so much time here? Because most prophecy teachers do not teach that the United States and other modern nations are mentioned in the Bible. And, but if you don't understand what Daniel 7, the true interpretation of that, you're never going to figure out Revelation 13. You're going to be stuck And so that's why I want to make sure that you get this. This beast from Revelation 13 represents the world government. This was, again, one head for the lion, Great Britain. These heads were nations. One head for the bear, Russia. Four heads for the leopard, Germany. Uh, One head of the tin-horned beast, the European Union. Well, the Bible says one of these heads would be wounded unto death. Which of these heads or nations would be the one that was wounded unto death? Well, after World War II, the Allies, Russia, Great Britain, the United States of America, determined something was certainly wrong with the nation of Germany. They were concerned with Germany's history of repeatedly plunging the world into war. So to ensure it would never happen again, they split Germany in half. They created East Germany, placing it under the uh, communist and um the Soviet Union's sphere of influence, and then West Germany placing it under the Allied sphere of influence, and by doing this, they created two separate German nations, reducing Germany's population and financial muscle to the point that it no longer was a threat to world peace. At that time, the news headline screamed, "Germany is dead, she will never rise again." Well, how has that played out, right? Of course, Germany's rising again as we speak. When the communist reality set into East Germany and into Eastern Europe, the Eastern European people, they wanted to get out from under the communist tyranny. And as a result, there was this huge hemorrhage of people that fled into West Germany and into uh, Western Europe. So to stop that hemorrhage on August 14th 1961 the Soviet Union built the Berlin Wall it was a a 29 mile wall that divided east and west Berlin and they also established the iron curtain and placed these lookout points throughout Europe separating eastern and western Europe remember the prophecy though revelation 13:3 John said, I saw one of the heads or nations as it were wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed and all the world wondered after the beast. So Revelation 13, 1 through 3, consider the prophecy. On March 29th, 1968, in the middle of the raging Cold War, the front cover of the March 29th, 1968 edition of Life magazine published this headline three-and-a-half superpowers to rule the world. The article was written by a man named George W. Ball, who at the time was the Deputy Secretary of State for the United States of America. He stated in the article, in this time when there is enough nuclear weaponry to destroy all human, plant, and animal life off the entire earth 25 times over, well, he's discussing the divisions in the article causing the tensions... And he said, "Somehow, we've got to find a new global structure that will get rid of these terrible conflicts that threaten to blow up all of mankind." So he proposed in the article that three and a half superpowers would rule the world. His three powers were the United States, Soviet Union, the uh, Europe and uh, the, or the European Union, and Japan would be the half power. And he said, if these uh, powers could get together that they could ensure the borders were there and with that uh, he said we would not tolerate any borders ever being moved again and we would not let these little third-rate powers pull in two nuclear superpowers into conflict and threaten to destroy the world. So consider this article in light of Bible prophecy. Ball continued discussing Germany and the division of Europe because Remember, we're talking about world government here. This is exactly what Ball is uh, proposing. And then he goes to discussing Germany and the division of Europe and the Iron Curtain. And in particular, the division of Germany and the Berlin Wall. On page 89, he referred to the wound. He said, where the division, the Berlin Wall, that festers like a rusty knife wound must someday be healed. Well, think about Revelation 13, one of the heads or nations, and then think about the, with the Berlin Wall, when you talk about one of the heads, think about the third head or the Third Reich of Germany. Remember, there was the First Reich of, uh, First Reich, um, Charlemagne, The Second Reich would have been uh, Otto von Bismarck. Uh, Hitler's famous Third Reich, World War II. And then now the Fourth Reich, that's now rising. So we know these beasts in Bible prophecy represent nations or kingdoms from other prophecies. Multiple heads on a beast represent the number of times a kingdom will rise and fall. So based on this information... If the third head was one of the, the one that was divided when Hitler's Third Reich was cut in half, when the deadly wound was healed, the whole world would wonder after the, the world governmental beast. So, it was this thought process that made Irvin Baxter, my father-in-law, who's passed on, he passed on November of 2020, it was this thinking in these articles and this geopolitical situation in the world that got my father-in-law to realize, hey, the Berlin Wall had a very special role to play and that Mikhail Gorbachev had a very special role to play in the, in the fulfillment of this Bible prophecy. My father-in-law realized the Berlin Wall, prior to its coming down, the Berlin Wall would come down. You remember, the Berlin Wall is a symbol of the entire Cold War. But in 1968, Irvin Baxter started teaching the Berlin Wall would come down and that when it happened that that would be, the two Germanys would reunite and that would be the catalyst that would launch us into the New World Order. He continued teaching this until 1986 when he published his first book, A Message for the President. And in the book, he included all this information, including that the Berlin Wall would come down. Now, no one else believed the Berlin Wall would come down. Yet three years later, on November ninth, 1989, the Berlin Wall, in fact, did come down. How did Irvin Baxter know that? The only way he knew all of this information was because of the prophecies written in the Bible. Wow, what would we do in these end times without Bible prophecy? You see how important they are. These prophecies have come to pass one right after another, right after another in intricate detail. I'll tell you a little bit more about a little backstory behind the book that Urban Baxter wrote when we get back from our break. You know, when my father-in-law saw this, when Irvin Baxter saw this back in 1968, he started teaching this the year that I was born. And that the Berlin Wall would come down, the symbol of the Cold War. Everybody told him, Irvin, don't teach that. Nobody's going to have, you're going to ruin your credibility as a minister and as a teacher. Nobody's going to have you preach anywhere. Your, your ministry's going to be swept into the dustbin of history. And he said, look, it's in the prophecies of the Bible. And God's got his foot in my back. I've got to teach this stuff. So from 1968 to 1986, he taught it, taught it, taught it. And God started saying, I'm not going to give you another prophecy until you publish this. So he told my mother-in-law, Judy, he said, I'm going to write this book. And God's going to bless it. Something big is going to come out of it. So in the book, in 1986... He put that the Berlin Wall was going to come down. Of course, everybody made fun of him, said that he was crazy, and that the two Germanys would reunite, and that would be the catalyst that would launch us into the New World Order. I have one of the original copies in my hand. Well, three years later, when the Berlin Wall came down, the two Germanys reunited. Gorbachev, George H. Uh, w. Bush, and jo- Pope John Paul II came out of their meetings 19, 20 days later, and announced the birth of the New World Order, everybody said, whoa, 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 hold on a second, Irvin Baxter. How did you know, back in 1968, and then, you know, publish it in a book in 1986, how in the world did you know that this was going to happen in such intricate detail? He said it's in the prophecies of the Bible. He said, and the prophecies always come to pass. And so, this book is what launched End Time Ministries' And eventually, Politics and Religion Radio, the the end-of-the-age radio broadcast and television broadcast, and got us to where we are now. This book. Why? Because my father-in-law, God showed him the interpretation to these prophecies. Now, of course, Gorbachev played a big part in this. On the 25th anniversary of the celebration of the building of the Berlin Wall in August 14th, 1986, edition of USA Today, there was an article that was titled The Berlin Wall, West is Somber, East is Festive, the Berlin Wall's 25th anniversary. The Wednesday spotlighted its unique role as the stark symbol of East-West differences. The bricks and mortar of propaganda, the 29-mile wound that won't heal. Well, of course, this struck Irvin as a resemblance to the deadly wound that wouldn't heal in Revelation 13 and the rusty knife wound that won't heal in other articles. Now the USA Today article is also referring to the division of Germany and the Berlin Wall as being a wound. Revelation 13.3 says, One of the heads, or nations, was wounded to death. The Life Magazine article uh, from March 29th, 1968, said it exactly like this, and I'm quoting, each side can afford to give elbow room to the other outside Europe, where the division that festers like a rusty knife wound must someday be healed. Talking about the Berlin Wall. On April 20th, 1989, an article in the Dayton Daily News said, we're getting really close now to the fall of the Berlin Wall. Mikhail Gorbachev had burst onto the world scene in 1985, and he was capturing the imagination of the world, talking about freedom for all people. Well, we didn't know whether to believe him or not. But finally, on April 20th, 1989, this article in the Dayton Daily News said, Gorbachev must now tear down the wall. Mikhail Gorbachev has backed himself into a corner. If he's, re- if he's for real... He's got to tear down the Berlin Wall. World attention was focused on that Berlin Wall. Well, of course, November ninth, 1989, the day the Berlin Wall came down, what a day. It was an incredible day. People danced on top of the wall. People broke pieces up from the wall. We have one here at End Time Ministries to keep for memory's sake. And the people from the slavery of Communist uh, European uh, Eastern Europe, they came pouring across the board, the border. Families were reunited, and the people from Western Germany met them and gave each of them coming across from the east side six hundred dollars spending money. I mean, people partied and celebrated. And in the November twenty nineteen eighty nine edition of Time Magazine, an article entitled "Wall of Shame" nineteen sixty one to 1989, it stated that this most palpable evidence was of a deep wound in European civilization and it is finally gone. Folks, listen to me. 2,000 years ago, Revelation 13 called the division of the third head of the leopard the wound that just won't heal. It was a deadly wound. But the deadly wound was healed. What happened when the deadly wound was healed? The New World Order was birthed. When the, when the Berlin Wall came down, the two Germanys reunited, and that led, that was the catalyst that launched us into the New World Order. It's exactly what Revelation 13 says is going to happen. Revelation 13, 3. The New World Order was birthed, it happened quickly. Mikhail Gorbachev. George Herbert Walker Bush, John Paul II, Pope John Paul II, within 20 days, again, of the fall of the Berlin Wall, they met at Malta, and when they came out of those meetings, they announced the birth of the New World Order. Shortly after the meeting, Gorbachev and the Pope Bush Sr. said, We have before us, again, the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations this New World Order. What's the New World Order? The end-time world government prophesied... In Revelation 13, they said, "When we are successful, and we will be, and believe me, they've been very successful in creating this world governing body." We, they said, we have a real chance to this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations, the United Nations today, is the seat of that world governing body. They said it can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise of the vision of the UN's charters. What was the vision? a socialistic, communist, one-world governing body. Remember, Alger Hiss, a communist spy, was the architect of the UN Charter, the current UN Charter. While serving as Secretary of Defense of the United States under George Bush, Dick Cheney made an interesting statement. In the September 29, 1991 issue of the Indianapolis Star, in his explanation concerning why there was a treaty signed to reduce weapons, he said, there is a good reason to take these steps now. The world is in a new era of promise that started two years ago with the collapse of the Berlin Wall. He was referring to the birth of the New World Order. On November 9, 1999, Merrill Lynch, in an attempt to advertise their financial services, published this statement. They said the world is 10 years old today. They said it was born when the wall fell in 1989. It's no surprise that the world's youngest economy, the global economy, is still finding its bearings. The intricate checks and balances that stabilize economies and are incorporated with time, many world markets are only recently freed, governed for the first time, by the emotions of the people rather than the fists of the state. From where we sit, none of this diminishes the promise offered a decade ago by the demise of the walled-off world. The spread of free markets and democracy around the world is permitting more people everywhere to turn their aspirations into achievements and technology, properly harnessed and liberally distributed, has the power to erase not just geographical borders. That's what they want to do. Remember, do away with the nation state and create a global state that answers to a world governing body. To not just do away with geographical borders, but also human ones. They don't want parallel societies. They want everybody under their own belief system. It says, It seems to us that for a 10-year-old, the world continues to hold great promise, in the meantime, no one ever said growing up was easy. So that we in 1989, I've seen many articles that said it's 1989, the year that changed the world. What about the terms globalization, globalism? all these come into play in 1989. Globalization started the process the world really sped up. time sped up after 1989 with the tearing down of the Berlin Wall. Gorbachev was very instrumental in making that happen. The process of globalization and globalism. Remember, the tearing down of the Berlin Wall was the catalyst that launched us into the new world order, world government. Globalism. Simply, it's the belief system that the nation state is done away with, it's obsolete, and that the world must move into a system of global governance and clearly stated, globalists believe national borders should be dissolved and a one-world government should be instituted. And so, if we're looking at all of this on a timeline, when is all of this supposed to happen? I mean, Gorbachev is now passed on. Many people thought at that time, because of what he was doing, and he was very instrumental in the tearing down of the Berlin Wall. We're talking about the world government that there was a possibility that Mikhail Gorbachev could have been the Antichrist. This, this great man of peace and coming on the platform of peace, and everybody just thought, he's the, I've seen so many articles over the last few days about him being this great peacemaker. All the international community, the leaders are saying, the great peacemaker Mikhail Gorbachev got us out from, from communism. Did he really kill communism. You need to understand what's going on because communism is not dead in the world today. And so it's very important that we understand on timelines and different things where we're at here, the Bible prophesies just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ a world government will be established. And the Antichrist will usurp authority over the, the rulership of that world government three and a half years prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ and the Battle of Armageddon. Folks, were watching the establishment of that world governing body. It didn't start yesterday. It's the United Nations Charter was signed in 1945, the same year that uh, the bombs were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki and the concentration camps were liberated in Europe. The same year the United Nations Charter was signed. And it's the second effort, really, towards world government. You had the League of Nations after World War I. You had the United Nations after World War II. And then the Bible says that this world-governing body will be in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Folks, if you wonder if we're living in the end time, don't. We're way off into the end time already. We're just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And it's very important that you and I both prepare for the second coming by being born again according to the New Testament plan of salvation. Mikhail Gorbachev, very influential figure in the fulfillment of many Bible prophecies, and he just recently passed away. I wanted you to understand exactly what happened with the healing of the deadly wound. He was influential to parts of the world religious system things that we will see come to pass just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ.
3: This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at one 800 end